Do you ever change your mind when somebody's shouting at you? No. It's the same thing when you're sharing your own opinion. Getting louder doesn't make you right. If you disagree with somebody, here is how you can disagree without being disagreeable. Welcome to Adulting, the podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to Adulting. I am Harlan Landis, and I'm here, as always, with Miranda Marquette. How are you doing, Miranda? I'm doing well. And how are you today? I am doing excellent. Always nice. And we're being very polite to each other as well, (laughs) which is an important thing because... According to a survey taken in 2010, Americans feel feel that civility in government and politics has declined. And can you imagine what they'd say now with the current political climate? Things are getting rough in this election cycle, that's that's for sure. You know, it's it's not about just being nice to each other and about being civil. It's it's about knowing how to handle the opinions you have and and how to communicate them in such a way that people will want to discuss things with you instead of just uh, shut down. Yeah, and and one of the things I really liked was President Obama said, he said, incivility poisons the well of public opinion. It leaves each side a little room to negotiate with the other. It makes politics an all-or-nothing sport where one side is either right or always wrong, when in reality neither side has a monopoly on the truth. And I really liked that, and it applies to other areas of life and not just politics. Yeah, and we're not saying that you have to be politically correct, okay? So, you know, you you want to be able to express your opinions, even if they're unpopular, and to be able to feel that you're not being restricted from saying certain things. Um, no one wants to restrict any kind of communication, anything that comes from the heart. I think it's important to be able to get everything out in the way you want to get it out. Um, It's just that if you take a certain approach, you're going to have a difficult time getting people to listen to you. Yeah. And I think part of the reason political discussions, they say, you know, they say don't talk about religion or politics. And sometimes people even add money in there Mm -hmm. uh, because these are these are these are subjects that have strong feelings and strong beliefs behind them. And that's part of the reason they're so fraught with difficulty. Yeah, these are divisive issues. And it's not like this is new. There have been divisive issues in politics and money and religion going back thousands of years. This is this is not suddenly we've become this, um, you know, divisive country, but it certainly seems that way because we are so much easier. It is so much easier to communicate than ever in the past. And that brings all of the divisiveness up front much more, especially when we have an election coming up and there are people who are, um, you know, feeding the flames or inciting more divisiveness because it works for their cause. 
Yeah, and it's not just about divisiveness as it's also just about the way you express yourself and the way you listen to others because a lot of the time we just assume hey uh, we're i'm right you're wrong and that's the end of it and the reality is is if we're going to have an educated populace about anything we need to be willing to entertain these different ideas i remember when i first started writing about personal finance you know back way back in the day and i remember there was just there there seemed to be a hardcore of people who were like, "You have to do your money this one way, or you're wrong, and that's not the way it is. There are lots of different ways you can manage your money and still be right, even if it's not the same way somebody else chooses to manage their money, and the same is true with religion and politics and but but we like to be right, and that desire to be right sometimes. Uh, forces puts us in a position where instead of hey let's listen and exchange ideas we're just more interested in here's what i have to say and here's why i'm right and i don't want to listen to you because you're wrong everything is now more ideological than it used to be and people hold fast to the ideas that they feel are so important um and believe that there's no room for disagreement because these are absolute truths and it's it's getting hard to fight against the idea of absolute truth in, a, in any way because you know you can only fight fire with fire yeah and, and part of it too is uh, going back to what you're talking about with divisiveness there has been an interesting switch in rhetoric lately uh, i remember back in the day when there was statesmanship and dignity to some degree in some of these public interactions between politicians on different sides of the aisle. They acknowledge that, hey, the other side wants good things for our country. The other side wants us to succeed as a country and as a people, and they want us to succeed. But now it seems that if you don't agree with me, then you hate America and you are trying to ruin our country. Yeah, I see. I, I don't think any of this is new. It's just more apparent, maybe because, right. you know, it's it's in the media. But I mean, for thousands of years, people were killing for the ideas that they had. I mean, at least we're it's not true. killing people right now. I think yet I think society, no, I, you know, I think society has moved forward quite a bit um, since the uh, since the <laughs> since medieval times, even uh, it just over hundreds of years, we don't go for the most part we don't go on crusades to try to tell people what we believe is true although we do take that approach for you know as as a nation we believe that democracy is the way that needs to be you know we have to spread democracy throughout the world and we've been willing to kill for that before and on the other hand we have terrorists who are willing to kill for their ideas um so it's not perfect yet it's but it's still in in general, the political discussion that we have might involve a lot of shouting and arguing and yelling and unwillingness to listen to other people. But at least politically, we're not we we, we don't challenge people to duels. We're not shooting people um, because we have differing ideas. Yeah, and that's a good point. And I think one thing too that has made civil discourse a little bit. Uh, less likely is the rise of the internet because you can you have the semi-anonymous feeling of safety when you're leaving a comment for somebody else you have this this degree of separation where you feel like 
you can say something to somebody on Facebook or on leave a comment on their blog or something like that without having to actually look them in the eye and really truly own up to it. And this is especially true if you're doing it with somebody you don't even know personally. <laughs> I, I, you have this kind of feeling of safety and this degree of separation that makes you feel more comfortable saying something that you would never say to somebody's face. Yeah, and it's not just the anonymous nature of the internet that allows people to be braver in how they speak to somebody or how they communicate with somebody, but it's also the idea that the internet brings people closer together. So if you have some fringe ideas, um, you are more able to find people throughout the world who believe your fringe ideas as well, and there is a big tendency for us more so than ever to just live put our ideas in a silo and stay in that silo with everybody else so all of the ideas that we have we're not getting a lot of input from other people who are disagreeing with us we just become emboldened and stronger in the ideas that we have um and the more we are exposed to people who agree with us the less we're able to see that there are potentially other ways or other ideas that that disagree with us and we just shut those out because we have so much positive feedback coming from people who already believe the same things we do yeah i think that that's a really good point it's much easier to live in the echo chamber and get that 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 confirmation in your soul that you are doing the right thing because everybody you know knows too and that's uh, that's a scary place to be i think sometimes and i think another issue we've got is we're so bombarded with media messages and we're bombarded with sound bites and we've got the 24-hour news cycle and we've got twitter we've got facebook we got instagram and snapchat we've got all these things going that we don't have time to reflect before consuming the next thing instead we're taking the sound bite replaying it constantly, not really thinking about it, and moving on to the next one. And we don't take time to stop and think about ideas or or what the other person's saying or take the time to empathize with somebody because it's all fed to us in these neat little packages. We don't have to think about it anymore. Yeah, and what happens is, regardless of your point of view, you know, we always say do research and figure out what's going, you know, what's true and what's <laughs> not. But th- it's possible to find anything to support your perspective um, and oh, yeah. to shut down. Because, you know, you, you search online, you're going to find someone who believes the same thing you do. So there's always going to be some obscure research that's going to fit your narrative. And a lot of times that's what it is. We have these narratives that we believe and when we see something that fits our narrative, we echo that, we make it louder, we share it, we we internalize it. And if if we're confronted with something that disagrees with our narrative, it's not going to change our mind. It's we're just going to ignore it because it doesn't fit in and we'll say that, you know, the source is biased, uh, which it might be. Or we say, you know, I, I, well, that's the biggest response is that, you know, it's coming from a source that's biased. Yeah. And I think that's always interesting that they're like, oh, well, it's a biased source. What? And your source isn't biased. <laughs> Everybody's source is biased to some degree. Everybody's influenced to some degree by their life experiences and who they are and where they come from and what they've seen. And in a lot of cases, that leads to very different conclusions about how things are and how things 
how people become who they are because we've all had different experiences. And part of the problem you run into is, like you said, you can cherry pick and you can find a stat or you can find a site or you can find an essay or you can find some sort of obscure research to support almost anything you want and then push these other ideas away. And not only does it mean that you're not considering something that maybe maybe we all should be considering, but at the same time, it means you're having less empathy for the people around you. And that, of course, once again, leads to further breakdown in our civil discourse. And it makes it harder to be an informed electorate. We, we're always talking about how we want education and we want an educated populace. Well, it's harder to be an educated populace when you aren't actually listening to the ideas of other people. Yeah. And what I found interesting is that not only does information that uh, conflicts with your personal narrative get ignored, but it just fires you up to be more steadfast in what you believe, regardless of any data or any information or or any anything that tells you that you could possibly be wrong. Instead of instead of changing our minds, instead of being open to other people's perspective, overall we are more likely to double down on our beliefs and, you know, believe perhaps that, you know, people are trying hard to dissuade us. And so we just stand more steadfast and build up more walls as as people try to as 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 we come across information that disagrees with our narrative. Yeah. And I actually ran into this not too long ago, but had a very different response to it because I had an idea of what would be great in where I live. I would be great. This, this one project would be a great idea and we should really bring it in and it would be amazing and it would be fantastic. And so I was talking to my dad about this and he thought very differently. He's like, well, no, here's why I think differently. And he just shared his idea from a different perspective, from a different learning and said, well, look what happened in these other cases where, where they did something similar. Look what happened. Here is the, you know, here are some of the data. Here are some of the case studies. Look what happened in this similar situation where they did something similar. And all it did was lead to more of the same and it didn't really end up solving the problem. And so after looking at that and thinking about it, I realized, hey, you know, my original idea, my original thoughts about this subject, um, I don't really agree with anymore. <laughs> and I changed my mind. You know, we have this weird idea that you have to be the same person all the time and you can't change your mind. Otherwise, there's something wrong. But no, one of the marks of being a functioning adult who moves forward and improves as a person and progresses as a person is being able to say, hey, here's some information that's different or maybe presents a different viewpoint. Let me consider it and maybe I'll change my mind and move forward. And I did. I changed my mind on this thing. There there are plenty of other things that I consider that I don't agree with and I consider and I think about it and go, no, no, I'm not changing my mind on that. But being willing and open to change your mind is one of the big things that I think we're losing in our society. Yeah, there's a, certainly a stigma in and it comes mostly from politics. You don't want to be labeled as a flip flopper, right? That's seen as being something negative and a bad thing when in fact people change their opinions all the time as they're presented with new information, as they grow, as they have more experiences. It is okay to, you know, 
to have one opinion at one stage in your life and over time change your opinion. And we shouldn't penalize people for flip-flopping. Um, we should do more to understand what has you know, what is the reason that somebody has changed their opinion on a matter? Um, could be something small or it could be a whole philosophy of life that changes. If we find out why it's changing, and we hope that in the case of politicians, usually they're, you know, perhaps they're just trying to better fit in with society. And, you know, society has changed around them and they want to better, um, you know, they've 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 come to understand that society wants a different thing and they are representing us so perhaps that's one reason that they've changed their mind but if they're just playing different approaches to different audiences then you know that's something to to um you know that's 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 a worse sign but overall being able to change your opinion is is a good thing and we shouldn't see flip-flopping on an issue as a um you know, as a negative thing, unless unless you're going back and forth and back and forth and you haven't really made up your mind and you don't really know what the policy is. I, I think showing progression from believing one thing to maybe coming about and having a different conclusion towards the end is 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 OK. And we have to understand more about the reasons that people change their mind. I, I definitely think that that's a very big part of growing as as a society and as as adults. Honestly, um, I mean, think think about think about a child's reaction to something. And when my son was younger, it was like, "You said we'd go to the zoo today." Well, it's raining. The circumstances have changed. The situation is different. You know, we're not going. To, you said we'd. You promised we'd go to the zoo. It's that you know. Children can't comprehend the idea of changing plans. Adults should be able to. Right. So how can we be more civil in our own discourse then? Because obviously the change has to start somewhere and we can't sit around going, well, somebody else has to change first. If we really want to see a positive direction, then we need to start with our own discourse. So how can we do that? Well, I, the first thing is to... Um see the value in doing this because, uh, and that's what we're trying to do with this podcast here, uh, because if we don't think that it's necessary to be more civil, then we're not going to do anything to um, to make that happen. Right, and I think that's a really good point, is if there are definitely some people out there who think that um, playing on these emotions and playing on these baser instincts is the way to go because it whips up their own support for their own ends. And so they see no reason to change. But I think as a society, if we want that change, that's what we need to decide and, and start working for. Yeah. So I, one of the best things to do is start imagining things from the perspective of someone who disagrees with you. Uh, why do they believe what they believe? They're not doing it because they want to, they, they don't, people don't, just like you, someone else who disagrees with you doesn't just believe things for the sake of believing them. Um, and they don't do it because they haven't, they're not as educated as you or they haven't had your necessarily they haven't had your experiences but that's not necessarily why they believe something else that you believe is untrue so i think seeing it from their viewpoint and understanding um an issue from someone else's perspective is going to help a lot 
I definitely agree. And part of understanding another person's viewpoint is realizing that just because they disagree with you or do something you don't particularly agree with doesn't mean that they're out to get you or they're trying to hurt you on purpose. Uh, One of the things that I find really interesting, because these are hot button things, politics, religion, money, they're personal, they're part of our identities. And so going against them, for some people, it feels like you're actually attacking them personally. Uh, I know that... In a lot of cases, especially with religion, if you step back from the religion of your peer group or the religion of your family, they take that personally. Like you are personally attacking them because you don't believe the same way. And part of getting beyond that on your own point is is stepping back and saying, hey, they don't agree with me. They don't believe the same way. But that doesn't mean that they are attacking me personally. And, And to kind of put that degree of separation between that and say, okay, they're not doing this to hurt my feelings. They're not doing this because they want me to feel bad. They just genuinely disagree. And let's try and understand each other. Yeah. And there's a tendency to just believe that people who disagree with us are stupid and we want to avoid, you know, name calling. (laughs) First of all, that's, that's not, it's not civil. And it's, it's (laughs) it's really not a good way to um, communicate so uh, and it's not effective you won't win any people to your side if you just believe that people who disagree with you are less than intelligent than you are right and I think uh, part of that too is uh, as we've talked about before is listening listening with empathy and asking people why rather than having a knee-jerk reaction and being like oh you're wrong or your your opinion is invalid for whatever reason ask them a question Rather than saying you're wrong, say, well, why do you think that? And I think that is one of the first steps really to understanding other people and then moving forward with civil discourse is listening empathetically and asking questions. Yeah, and that certainly isn't how most people approach things on Facebook. Uh, you know, we've talked about the how um, social media emboldens you through. You know, it's not even anonymous on Facebook. Um, you know, people, your your thoughts are attached to your name, and people will, you know, people will see that. It's more, you, you know, it's the, the, there's no point in the kind of political discourse that we have on Facebook because you're not going to change anybody's mind. Nobody's going to change your mind. So why would you think that you're going to be able to change someone else's mind? Um, Through this method of just pontificating or yelling theoretically, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, you're not actually yelling. You're just uh, being very stubborn in the way you write your articles or or you write your posts. Uh, So it's, you're not going to change anybody's mind. You're just going to make people feel stronger about their position, just as what happens to you when people do the same thing to you. Um, there's a there's a real possibility to have intelligent discourse on social media, uh, but for the most part, it doesn't happen that way. Um, and you get people who want to get a rise out of people, other people, or you get people who just are stubborn and uh are unwilling to change so you know i avoid all political discussions on facebook even though i'm you know i certainly have my opinions and they are strong opinions just like everyone else uh yet i don't feel the need to try to promote my own opinions or my own agenda 
uh, through social media because I, I just know it'll be ineffective. So I stay away from that. Yeah. And I, and, and I do too, which is really odd for me because I am very politically involved and I run the social media for one of the local political parties uh, where I live. And, but I do try to be careful about, well, what am I sharing on my personal page that's related to this? And I do have, I do have another site that I run. I've got a blog that I run where I do rant about politics and religion. And so I share some of that stuff on that Facebook page. But as far as my personal Facebook page and, you know, trying to get out there and uh, change people's minds, I know it's not going to happen. And because most of my personal friends and family are not politically aligned with me, I just know it's inviting trouble. Yeah, and it's a, a lot of people will do this. Uh, a lot of people will post on Facebook their intense opinions in order to bait people, um, in order to get people to respond and to to let them fall into the trap of getting tra- uh, of getting involved in this political argument. Because people like to show off how good they are at arguing. Um, you know, it it. It, it, it all comes from power, right? Being able to show someone how powerful we are. And we like to be right. And we like to be right. Exactly. So it it is, we like to show people that we're right. And we don't, it's it's just not a good platform for that. You know, it, it, it all comes down to putting how people will put their face forward however they want to the world to see them. And we get, we get those ideas from people uh, in the media who do the same thing. So we just kind of take that approach in our own lives. We we feel we can create our own brands. And if we weren't so concerned about ratings or getting people to see us on TV or promoting our own personal brand or getting people to view our websites, um, you know, we found that being a blowhard is a good way to get people to notice us, uh, whether it's people who join the cause and are really, you know, f- um, agree with us and they, they want to join the team or they're people who want to, you know, shut us down and, and get angry at us. Either way, we're still getting the attention. So it's, it's working. This is, this is what the media wants. And we are all our own little media channels now. So we all want the same thing that CNN wants. We want the same thing that Fox wants. We all want viewers. We want people to notice us, whether they're agreeing with us or whether they're angry at us. Either way, they're talking about us. Right. And I think and that that goes back to part of our problem with civil discourse, because civil discourse is boring (laughs) right talking about ideas sharing things in a rational manner that is boring as all get out no it is boring there's a reason why nobody watches the news hour because it's boring it's factual and it's got good ideas but it's so boring yeah yeah it's so much more exciting to watch people get upset, which is what happens on, you know, Fox News, MSNBC. Everybody's yelling and screaming and it's entertaining. So people are going to turn to this and they're going to just fill in the gaps with their own, you know, with their own beliefs. Right. And so and so 
it starts with us and saying, okay, we want to demand more from our discourse and we want to participate more in our discourse. And, and so what can we do now then to go ahead and start moving toward that better political discourse? How can we do that? What are some of our do nows? Well, I mean, I think this goes back to probably an assignment that all of us have had in high school <laughs> and is that it's pick one thing that you believe um, that is a divisive issue that people, you know, that, that we know that people disagree with and understand, you know, why they feel that way. And I mean, it comes down to, I mean, in high school, you're going to do a whole assignment where you argue for the position that is the opposite of what you may believe in your heart um, and in your brain. Um, and that's that's a really great exercise. I mean, we're not going to ask anybody here to write an essay, but I think it comes down to really doing the research and finding out why it is that people who have a differing opinion, you know, what it is that makes them, you know, believe what it is. And, you know, I think you have to go far with this. You can't just say, well, you know, you know, I'm on the side of science. They're on the side of religion. And that's why, you know, they, they just believe what they believe because it was written in a book, you know, several thousand years ago and go into it. I mean, why is it that people hold on to those beliefs? Um, you know, what is it about religion? What is it about science that is so convincing for people? Yeah. And definitely seeking out that different information is a big part of it. And another thing is to practice thinking before you speak or post, because a lot of the time we have this tendency to just fire off because we just want to respond. But stop and think, are you being polite and thoughtful? If if you're just responding to something because somebody else is saying something and you're having a knee jerk reaction, that doesn't help anybody anywhere. They might be being just as horrifying, but that doesn't mean you need to be. It doesn't mean you need to. What was that saying? You know, don't wrestle with a pig. <laughs> you both get muddy, but the pig likes it. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. It is. It is. So stop. And, and before you respond to something, stop and say, am I being thoughtful? Is my response a thoughtful response? And wait until you can be thoughtful. If you feel things getting heated and, and, and practice that, just practice thinking about things and saying, if you feel anything heated, say, hey, just a minute, let's step back here. We're getting a little heated. Let's collect our thoughts. Yeah. And it's not just about being polite. I mean, we don't it's being polite is is good. It's more about being respectful, I think. And it's easy to get fired up about a cause, but you have to be able to understand what someone else is thinking and talking about and respect it even even if you get into a shouting match even if you know i, I think I, I we want to stay away from forcing people to be politically correct i think you know there's a lot of ways to approach an issue and you don't have to just sit there and take it when someone is berating you but you can uh, you can communicate in such a way that is going to be effective um, if they are someone who is going to be, you know, listening to you and not just firing things off and, and shutting you down. Yeah. And I think another thing you can do is get involved in the process locally. Uh, do something to support your cause rather than going out and complaining all the time. And, and that's part of the issue is we stand around and complain about stuff but don't actually get involved. So look around locally, see what you can do and find something that you support that you can get involved in. 
All right. So we have a listener question here. Um, and uh, here it is. Is there anything I can do when my relatives start offensive political dialogue? Uh, are there any sources I can turn to in order to shut them down? Yeah, I have really bad news for you on this one. Because the answer is no. <laughs> There's just, <laughs> unfortunately not. Uh, you can politely say, hey, I happen to disagree with that, or I happen to find that manner of speech unproductive and offensive, but you're probably just going to offend them anyway further by saying that. Um, one of the best things you can do is, you know, vote for with your feet, leave the room. Just say, I'm sorry, but this sort of hate is not something I want to, and negativity is not something I want to be involved with. Or you can turn the subject. That's another thing you can do is just turn the subject, kind of politely disagree and turn the subject or leave the, the room. But starting to engage in a long debate is not going to work. And it's a really fine line to try and figure out, all right, when do I say something? When do I let it go? Uh, can I say something a little bit and then move on? It's It takes a little bit of practice and fine tuning. And this is something I've dealt with my whole life because I grew up in a community that um, never agrees with me politically. Most of my family thinks I'm a crazy person and uh, because I just have completely differing political beliefs. And with some people, you can have a discourse. My dad and I, like I mentioned earlier, can have great political discourse, even though we don't agree on everything. We share ideas and we're respectful and that works. But if you have somebody who is a, a true ideologue and who just says stuff to say stuff, there's nothing you can do about that. There just isn't. I don't know, maybe, maybe Harlan has some better news for you but unfortunately <laughs> bad news all around <laughs> i i agree i think you know you're gonna have a tough time especially with someone who's older than you um who has been has grew you know maybe they grew up in in a world where certain things were more acceptable and uh you just kind of you know you have to weigh the you know the benefits of getting into an argument with someone versus you know this this low chance that you're going to have a positive effect on the world and you know in some cases you're you're really not in some cases you can make a difference and in other cases it's just going to cause more problems especially when it's someone who's close to you and you don't want to lose that relationship yeah, that's a really good point. You do have to weigh, you know, what's the relationship? What do I let go? There are certain people in my family that I just, they just say what they're going to say and I just don't say anything at all and move on. And I'm really practiced at keeping a straight face. I mean, I was in a situation a couple of weeks ago where I was listening to one of my uh, state legislators hold forth on their opinions in a private conversation I was having. And the person I was with was just like, I can't believe you kept a straight face and didn't say anything through that whole thing. I was like, well, it wouldn't have changed anything. And she would have stopped talking. And really, I wanted to hear her keep talking. <laughs> that's a different situation. No, that's <laughs> this is not a but that's the other thing too is it's you know part of that is if you listen and get an idea of what what they're about then that helps you understand too so thanks for joining us today on adulting be sure to check out our website at adulting.tv and tell us what you're thinking ask us a question and leave a review for us on itunes we'll be back next week with another episode 
Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv.